Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. Now, moving on to the next segment of the Education in Daba program, we have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. Uh, doctor, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam to you, Ridwan. Now, Doctor, I normally have this thing of asking, you know, how has your week been? My week has been great, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> okay, so that's nice. Now, Doctor, this evening we're going to be speaking about managing stress during the exam periods. Where do we get the discussion going? Yes, Ridwan. You know, the matriculants are one week into the exam, so it seems like an unlikely point to bring up this discussion. But, but I believe there is a need for us to constantly talk about the issue about stress and examinations um, and find a way in which we can advise young people to manage the stress more appropriately. Mm-hmm. So the point I want to make maybe tonight is just one of two things, one or two things. One is that the the issue about stress clearly evokes in a lot of people a very negative emotion. And clearly it is so. Not only is it a very negative emotion, uh, Ridwan, mm-hmm. but it can be, in fact, a very debilitating emotion. It can be something that can shut you down, both at a physical level, at a cognitive level, and at an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And so when you are under stress... I think it's it's very often the case that people fail to concentrate, okay. make silly mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, have a sudden loss of memory. So a lot of your cognitive functions can be severely impaired if you experience the emotion of stress. Mm-hmm. At a but f- would, would, would someone normally be aware that I'm under stress or maybe just think that, um, you know, I'm just struggling? Well, I think most people would be taken by surprise if they experience that a particular loss and wouldn't immediately attribute it to stress unfortunately mm-hmm. and that's the reason why I think the discussion of linking the two is so important because it's not only your cognitive functions that can be impaired but of course at an emotional level you can uh, the, if the stress is high enough you can experience extreme and high amounts of anxiety and if that continues over a period of time it's not uncommon for peer, for for uh, students to experience a, a sense of depression as well mm-hmm. so it can affect you both at a cognitive level as well as at an emotional level but also Ridwan, i think what's also important is that it can shut down your immune system a little bit yeah and so it's not uncommon for students to feel more tired during exams, mm-hmm. um, be prone to headaches and stomach aches and be prone to flus and colds when they experience high amounts of stress. Mm-hmm. So those are the consequences, I think, of unmanageable stress. Um, and part of, I think, what I would like to do tonight is just to talk about the link between stress and those kind of consequences so that young people can be aware that it, there's a way in which you can manage it if you make that connection. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those connections are there either one. But that's the negative side. On the positive side, we also know that if you manage stress appropriately and correctly, that it can invoke in anybody a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. decision-making, creativity. And so you find large numbers of young people who say, I work well under pressure. Mm. 
Um, and you find adults saying that as well, because just the right amount of stress and just the right amount of pressure can, in fact, activate you into action. Okay. Shukran for that, Doctor. Just to remind our listeners that we have in the studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. And this evening we are chatting about managing stress, particularly during an examination period. Uh, Yasira, can you maybe just get a quick comment from your side? Shukran, Didwan. I think I need to piggyback on the work based under under pressure doc because i think mm. i'm one of those people mm. if there's enough time available i might become idle i wouldn't be as focused that I sh- as i should be um you know given the task at hand i'll start a little bit but basically i'm not as creative as i would be if i knew i had two days left mm. plus mm. i have other impending tasks that i need to finish um and you get a lot of students that are like that mm. and what happens is you know i had the stug of war if you do peer counseling at schools especially in high schools where you know teachers are very adamant you have five weeks etc get the work done you might become overloaded i always try to say you know don't fix what's not broken mm. if it works for the student then mm. they've achieved well you know allow them that space to manage that stress that pressure and that workload accordingly the moment you start to tick-tack at things that are working you know you you throw yourself out of sync yeah. with what you're supposed to do and so i have this tug of war a lot with with high schools and and uh, the life science teacher saying mm. you know it's a bad kind of principle to be teaching children they should mm. know how to plan mm. um how much time what the workload is etc yeah. and so on um but the results could be even you know less favorable Absolutely. Absolutely. um at the end of the day and yeah. i think we should have a real discussion around that um do you know what works for the one might not work for the other one mm-hmm. the other one needs a period of a month to complete things and get a good result the other one might need a week yeah. um but i think the the the, the good stress is something that could catch up with you if you're not Mm. quite aware of what is happening yeah. but it's more the bad kind of stress yes. that gets our learners you know yeah. in a position where it sink or swim and where they find themselves not being able to breathe under that amount of stress and mm. pressure that mm. they find themselves especially where there is no second chance yeah. available at that point yeah. in time you know my question really is the issue and i think i asked dr question as well you know do the students whether they matric or maybe grade 11 or whatever do they in fact themselves realize that there is some stress or pressure on them and how do they manage that and i think the other question is you know as parents for example you know what do we do in that particular instance yeah just to come back to yasira's comments i sure. think what is important at schools is for us to advise learners on all the possible strategies to adopt to manage stress and learners can then select as to which one suits them best mm-hmm. and clearly it's the case that not everything suits mm. everybody equally yeah. well and so one has to take in your own particular personality your particular context and your particular preference in order to define your best way of managing stress mm-hmm. Uh, coming back to your question, uh, um, Ridwan, I think very few people would acknowledge that they have stress, but they would acknowledge the discomfort mm. that if they simply said that what I'm experiencing now is stress, allows them then to deal with it in a more constructive way, instead of just kind of living with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think, you know, if we recognize what we are experiencing is in fact the result of pressure and stress, the next logical question would be then how do I manage this more appropriately? Okay, so do stay tuned. We're going to be dealing with how do you manage appropriately uh, any stressful situation, particularly for our students who are writing the exams. On that note, we're going to go for a quick ad break and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, and we're chatting about managing stress, particularly during the examination period. Just a quick note that if you would like to make contact with Dr. Lalkan, you can contact him during office hours on the number 021 Three, one. Uh, Dr. Where do we continue our discussion? Yeah, read the one. Let's, let's assume at this stage that all our matriculants have drawn up their study timetable and are actively busy engaging with the content of what they need to know. Mm-hmm. And I think what we can do at this point is simply advise them on how to manage this period. Okay. And there's three elements that maybe I'd like to bring to their attention that I think would be easy to implement. And, and would facilitate the old study process. The one is, of course, diet. Mm-hmm. In other words, what, it I- what is it that we consume at the moment that can help us? And what are we consuming at the moment that may impair us? So if we can just kind of look at a little bit about diet. The second thing is, I think, uh, lack of exercise. I think a lot of students feel compelled to be sitting with their books 24-7, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that doesn't help in terms of retaining information, recalling information the next day. You need to have a fair balance of exercise in your day as well mm-hmm. when you study. And the third element I think is important, and that is to have sufficient rest as well. So I would advise all matriculants and anybody studying at the moment that when you look at your program, make sure that you don't omit these three critical elements because they could in fact support your study process and 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 doctor i don't know yes coming from your side but you don't know you don't necessarily think that a diet for example i mean i mean I, if i think take my, myself back to when yeah. i was in matric yeah. you never thought of these things you know that really a diet would actually assist or that uh, proper exercise would assist or even proper rest yeah i mean but that's what we're ultimately saying at the end of the day uh, yes Sarah? yes it I think this only hit me once I actually, you know, be- <laughs> was a big person in the big world. Even at university, mm. you know, when the lecturers say, you have literally 17 essays to study, only 13 is coming in. You have a period of three days to do this. Eat, you know, healthy foods, get some rest and go for a walk like, oh, yeah, right, serious. That's not going to help because I have 17 essays to get through. <clears throat> But then you slowly start to realize as time goes on that for no apparent reason you are continuously tired. You're not as alert as you would be in other situations. Um, stress obviously plays, plays a huge role because you know the pressure is constantly there. No matter what you're doing, there is this one thing that's holding you back, which is the exams, or you are caught in the middle of the exams. And so what do you do now? How do I get myself on track? 
because I haven't started off in the correct way. Mm. And so, you know, no carbonated drinks, no mm. eating chips, no mm. coffee, no those. You need to literally clean out your system mm. so that your your synapses can have a reboot mm. and actually, you know, function more better and be faster. Yeah. And the main thing that, that students might not, you know, admit to is the ability to retain and recall information. Sitting with my books does not mean I'm going to retain that information, nor be able to recall it the next day. So how do I do that? How, mm. What would be the steps, you know? And we can speak about coding and how we get it from short-term to long-term memory, but they wouldn't necessarily know that. Mm. And then if you're looking at exercise, a lazy body will remain lazy. Um, we're always telling our ADHD kids and our ADD kids, you know, um, stand up, move around, come back. It's like a reboot. They modulate themselves. So the same thing would take place if we want to be focused whilst we're studying for the exams. And then obviously the last thing rests. Studying throughout the night is not going to make you remember all those things mm-hmm. when you go to the exams the next day. Rest is important to actually retain and recall mm-hmm. that information for the next day mm. so that it can go from your short term to your long term memory and then at the end of the day say look that I know I'm sure I know it and there'll be a few things mm. that you missed that you didn't probably do but I think it happens for all of us so it is very important um, studying 13 hours a day is not going to make you get an A mm. being able to recall that information and also apply it appropriately because in the matric exams they don't ask you the questions they would mm. in a normal exam mm. so you need to be able to analyze and synthesize this in the exam whilst being able to recall the correct information for those Mm -hmm. questions so it is vitally important that our students take heed of this Um, I'm just looking at my sister when she was doing her her degree and this is a couple of years ago she um, got psoriasis out of nowhere Mm-hmm. And I told her, you cannot sit and sit and sit and do this day in and day out. And so somatoform kicks in. And so mm-hmm. your body is telling you in a different way, you need to stop. You need mm-hmm. to eat mm-hmm. and sleep and get some exercise so that we can do this, you know, in the best possible manner. I yeah. think yeah. that that is more important, Doc. Absolutely. And you know that balance <coughs> that you refer to applies to everything else in life. Yeah. So why would it not apply <laughs> to that such thing, a critical time as when yeah. you sit and study? And, and the body's not made to be sitting in a singular position for an extended period of time. And so if you sit for 13 hours, you, 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 you're really suffering in the process yeah. and not really accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Correct. So it's so important that I think, for example, that we, and you made mention of the diet. Um, I think it is true that a lot of young people are sitting with chips and cool drinks and carbonated drinks and that doesn't really contribute to Mm-mm. the optimum functioning Mm-mm. so one of the things I'd like to suggest to students sitting right now with the exams that there are fruits and there are things that you can nuts eat and, and nuts food, yeah. that you can really eat that can help specific functions that you require at this point and so for example Ridwan, you know popcorn <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very good, yeah. It's extremely good <coughs> because it contains vitamin B6, which enhances memory. Mm. And so, you know, why not in the place of chips have <laughs> a bowl <laughs> of popcorn? <laughs> so buy the popcorn and make it available to young people so that when they need to to nibble on something, let them nibble on popcorn rather than a packet of chips. The other thing that you mentioned earlier on, of course, is the nuts. Mm. You know, buy them a packet of peanuts, buy them a packet of walnuts or cashew nuts, and let them nibble on that. 
Because then, again, it contains omega-3s, which we all know is completely good for memory and for enhancing a positive mood as well. So nuts and popcorn, berries, strawberries, enhances memory. And the one that surprises most people would be dark chocolate. You know, eating chocolate (laughs) is a good way to enhance focus (coughs) and concentration as well as memory. So those are the small things that Mm. we can do that can tangibly support learners during this difficult time. And so we're not asking that you revamp the entire family's Mm. diet. We're not saying change what you're eating. We say supplement all of that with additional foodstuffs that can help you during this period. Mm-hmm. Shukran for that doctor Just to remind our listeners That we are chatting about Managing stress During the examination period We have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan Educational psychologist And Yasira Adonis Occupational therapist If you have any questions You can send us those Via the SMS line To the number 47913 The SMS line 47913 Now doctor And then also you're saying The whole issue around Exercise for example uh, Now as parents You know we we can ensure, as you said, maybe get some popcorn or not, or nuts and these mm. things for them, you know, just mm. to get them, uh, assist them from not forcing them, but, you mm. know, just very subtly. And exercise, you just maybe just say, let's go for a walk or let's go for a play in the park or, or something like that. Absolutely. And I, I think the fact that as parents, we always wonder what is it that we can do. Mm. Uh, so besides buying all these nibbles that you can make available to them, is to suggest to them that we go for a walk, which means the mom and the dad can accompany the matriculant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a quick five-minute walk around the block Mm -hmm. and just engage in some casual conversation. Um, It's a tremendous sense of support that you provide to a matriculant Mm -hmm. when you do a little thing like that. Rather than to say, when are you going to start your exercise? I told you you should exercise. Mm. That's not very encouraging. <laughs> so rather do it as a activity that both of you can engage in. Okay. And as you, you pointed out earlier, I think, Doctor, you made the comment about should have an exam timetable or a study timetable. Uh, would it be advisable to maybe also, you know, have a break, almost kind of a timetable and a rest where you know these are the periods that I must take rest? Or is that too predetermined? Uh, should you just allow your body to tell you, you know, when one should take uh, some rest or exercise well you know the one we advise that you have a sort of set program that indicates when you should take your break and when you should take your rest however the body has its own sort of time mechanism and mm-hmm. so if you feel at some point that you can carry on for another half an hour then by all means be flexible about the timetable the timetable is not meant to be a rigid indicator of what you should and shouldn't do it's a general guide Mm-hmm. So it is there to, in some ways, alert you to when you should start and when you should end. But the body will ultimately tell you whether you need a break at this point or even earlier or later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's an SMS here from 7657, and that says, what are the pros and cons about coffee? I'm saying that's probably during the examination period or the stress process. I'm not too sure. I'm trying to link the two, Doc. Because I remember sometimes, you know, when we, and, and you said it's not a good thing, but we used to study at nighttime, you mm. know, particularly. And then we used to drink lots, lots of coffee because it has caffeine in it, and it actually it keeps you awake kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. maybe just a quick comment from your side. Well, the jury's out on the coffee. I think the the general sort of... Um, urban legend is yeah. that the coffee and the caffeine stimulates you and keeps you awake and keeps you going. Uh, and then there are others who, in fact, the coffee doesn't have that effect on them. Mm. So once again, there's no hard 
sort of evidence to say it is applicable to everybody. Mm. And once again, it's you know I'm one of those people who cannot start my day without a cup of coffee. Um, and whether it is just a habit, or whether in fact the <laughs> coffee does wake me up, I can't be absolutely sure as well. <laughs> but I'm convinced that it does, and so I take my cup of coffee before I start the day. And I think similarly for a lot of people, the notion that coffee does in fact keep me going, mm. and if that's what you believe, then I would encourage you to carry on drinking your cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether the evidence shows that it does indeed apply to everybody, I'm not quite sure about Okay, shukran for that, doctor. Yes, yeah, maybe just a quick comment from your side. Shukran, Ridwan. I, I'm laughing now with Doc's comments around the coffee because I remember in my final year, um, my very good friend of mine, Lindy, and I were studying for our final exams. And these are external exams, so we have Stellenbosch and UCT coming in, and, and our supervisor, they kind of, you know, as support. And she sends me down and she says, you know, make us some coffee. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, we need to wake up. The irony is we drink the coffee, I fall asleep and she stays up. So <laughs> the journey is definitely, you know, out in that. There is no consensus. Um, and you are so correct in saying, Doc, you know, if it does work for you, apply it. This is not the time now to start experimenting. Absolutely not. With, um, you know, your sleep pattern and, and your sleep your sleep cycle has a clock of its own and those kinds of things. So whatever works for you, please, students, you know, apply that. We can help with things to make it better, but we are not asking for a redesign your matric is not the year that you do that redesign internally around what would then apply for you best. But the coffee, I can understand the caffeine. What we did in our final year, though, is that we had vitamin B12 um, tablets. Um, or you'd go for the injection just to give your immune system a boost and a kick. And for that period of time, just kind of, you know, mm. ask for assistance mm. um, wherever you could find it. Right? Shukran for that. Yes, I don't know if Yasira's eyes came around the table to peek at the uh, SMS line, but there's an SMS here from, let me just see, is it now? Yeah, 52499, in fact, Yasira, and the person is in fact asking, saying, Assalamu alaikum, what is best to use to, bu- to boost your immune system? Because remember, we spoke about the whole issue. I think doctor said your immune system can actually shut down if you are under stress and those type of things. And I think the question then is, you know, what can you do? to boost your immune system. Now, I think you just almost kind of answered that particular question. Uh, maybe, I don't know if Doc wants to, to add something. Well, we do want all those sort of um, products that we mentioned earlier on that you should nibble on is part of it boosting your immune system. Mm. Uh, however, I mean, it's possible that at some point it has shut down to the extent that you may need to get medication. Mm-hmm. And so there are good products on the market. And if you really feel in need of... Uh, an immune booster, then go down to your local pharmacy and have a chat to somebody there and they'll be able to provide you with a product that in fact contains all the ingredients that we just raised but in just very concentrated forms. Mm -hmm. So that's one way I suppose in which one can address that particular issue. Okay, shukran for that doctor. Now we're running almost quickly out of time as we're going towards the Wakt of Maghrib but I want to ask doctor the question maybe Yasira can maybe just you know comment as well. The issue around if as a student, a matriculant for example and our focus is on matriculants this evening uh, or maybe even a grade 11 or whatever grade you are and you're feeling that you're going through stress you know do you think it's advisable then for me to actually speak to someone or to try and identify that's the stress myself and then trying to manage it yeah 
Real one, I'd like to answer that question by asking the Chicklands maybe to, uh, Yasira's quite correct, the intention tonight is not to ask them to radically change the system that is working for them right now. Mm -hmm. It's really just to add on, to uh, complement and to supplement what it is that they're busy with that works for them. But I think there are four key questions that is important for anybody to ask, not just the matriculants this year, but when they start with their studies next year and when they sit with exams at the end of next year and their final exams after three years. And the first question is, how committed am I to this process? Mm -hmm. Now that sounds like a question that says, but it's a given, I am committed, Mm -hmm. but that's not so. Mm. And so commitment helps you deal with a stressful situation okay so what commits me to studying is it my ambition is it my wish to satisfy my parents is it my um, wanting to prove to myself it can be anything but I don't think there should be any learner sitting right now and not feel a sense of deep commitment to studying and to passing the exams. Mm. So commitment is so important. And you can question yourself to what degree am I committed? And if you're not committed, then it's clear something that you should address. Mm. So it's a serious matter. Mm -hmm. The second one, I suppose, is to ask yourself, how do I deal with challenging environments? Mm. This is a challenge, whether it is my time is running out, whether it's there's a noise in the house, whether it's the workload is too much. Am I the kind of person that when I'm faced with a challenge, I back down? Mm-hmm. Or am I the kind of person that always tries to give it my best shot? As simple as that. So I've got this process that I'm going to be busy with for the next couple of weeks. How do I approach it? Am I the kind of person, again, that backs down or deals with challenges? The third one, real one, is the issue about where does my control lie? Mm-hmm. Am I the one who's, sub- who's subjected to external in, uh, conditions or can I manage things and say, what's happening out there, if it's outside of my control, I will not stress about it. I will deal with the things that are within my control. Mm-hmm. And that's another principle that you need to apply. Yeah, I yes, think, Doc, you know, around the control, the commitment is something we waver around. You're like, we are in matric, you know, how, how di- badly do I want to go study, Absolutely. Um, achieve my goals, etc., and so on. But I think the, the, the control issue, um, you know, it's a very important one. Because I can recall incidents where people would become bulimic or anorexic for control. So I can't control the situation. I can't control my parents, but I can control eating. So we develop these habits that become harmful towards us in order to gain that control. And I don't think parents are quite aware of how this give and take situation works. And so control and the loss thereof can be very harmful to any student. Um, and if we can go off, off the kind of spectrum, you know, where they, they resort to very, very bad things. But in that situation, control is one of the key areas, I think, that we need to mm-hmm. look at. And what does the student sit with and have in this challenging situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last one, really the one is probably the one that you refer to. And how connected am I to my support system? Do I have a support system? Mm. Do I make use of the support system? Do I recognize the support system? Mm. Because very often matriculants feel very alone, very isolated. Mm-hmm. They don't even talk to their fellow classmates anymore when they're busy with exams it's like everybody retreats into this cocoon where it's in my room with my books and to recognize i think and the question i like i said i want to pose to matriculants is recognize do you recognize the support that you have available and do you tap into that support
and the support is always there. Not a single matriculant is in them, uh, with matric exams on their own. Mm-hmm. You have the whole family backing them. You have the extended family making du'a. Mm. You have radio stations wishing them well. So there is this huge amount of social support available. And if students can just recognize that in times of need, speak to someone. Mm-hmm. And there always is someone that you can speak to. Maybe just the last quick question, Doctor. We've got a minute or so left. Uh, the issue around peer pressure, for example, does something like that exist when it comes to the matric exams, for example? Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if I, for myself, for example, I would get to the exam, and if I start at 10 o'clock, for example, I'll get there around 5 to 10. Because if I get there half past 9, then I see the others around. And then we start, you know, by nature saying, hey, did you cover this chapter? Did you cover that chapter? And if someone mentions a chapter which I either overlooked for some strange reason, you know, that just kind of almost adds to it. I don't know. Maybe just a quick response, Doctor. Well, I, I think one of the other things we always, always advise students arrive on time and not half an hour before the time because half an hour before the time can expose you exactly to that kind of unnecessary conversation mm. and unnecessary comparison. And if you do get there well before the time, just confine yourself with your, your own time and your own period of meditation mm. and relaxation mm. and avoid any conversation around anything to do with the uh, pending examination. It's exactly that kind of conversation that can derail the process completely. Okay, shukran for that, Dr. Anya Siren. As we see, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. If you would like to make contact with the doctor, you can contact him during office hours on the number 021-637-6831. Now, we want to wish all our matriculants that's still writing everything of the best, inshallah. And then in particular, Buta Yasin Burton uh, asked me to say, you know, uh, all the best wishes to his daughter, and that is uh, Fatima Burton, who is in grade 12 Everything of the best inshallah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all the success uh, In your academic career And for all our matriculants out there On that note, doctor It's uh, certainly been a pleasure having you back in studio Very big shukran to you and everything of the best And I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh